I think we had someone very short here. But shortly, I will have it high enough for me. Okay. Where's Esther? Esther's not here to laugh at my joke. I thank you. I heard you say I got I heard amen over there. <clears throat> okay. I'm Randy, one of the teaching team. Um, we have been, as uh, Cindy mentioned, doing a series called Avoiding the Fiscal Cliff. Uh, it's supposed to be a relevant term. I uh, wish our government would be listening to the series. Um, but um, we're not responsible for them, but we are for ourselves. So our, our goal has been to um, better understand God's ways as they pertain to money and finance so that we can align ourselves with his principles, with his ways, and as a result, experience life the way that he wants us to, to experience the abundance, the supply that he, our Papa God, wants to give to us. A few weeks ago, uh, we looked at 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11. It is a foundational passage for this series, absolutely uh, essential um, I, I would hope that you might all, you know, type this out, print it up, put it uh, someplace where you're looking at it, at least some aspects of it, some key words or something. It is a powerful passage. And we introduced um, just a few weeks ago four biblical uses of money that come out of this text that are spoken in agricultural terms. So it, it, it's very easy to imagine that we look at the passage and we don't see financial or biblical uses of money uh, because he's using agriculture language. But I've, I hope after as many weeks as we've touched on this that, that you're beginning to grasp what, what he was suggesting and what we need to be thoughtful of. Uh, the first uh, thing he mentions is seed for the sower. Uh, we've paralleled that to the tithe, not paralleled. We have suggested that that means the tithe. Uh, bread for eating, uh, which has to do with provision for our household, multiplication of resources for sowing, is investment for kingdom purposes. But in order to be able to have funding for investment for kingdom purposes, we need to have our lives uh, in order. And that's what we've been spending some focused time on last week and this week. And then the last one is increased fruits of righteousness, generous giving. And I, I just caught last week for the first time as I was sort of just running through those that three of the four have to do with giving and with funds going away from us towards others. That's God's economy. That's what God wants for us. Not looking for guilt. He's not looking for you to be uh, withheld and not have enough. Um, his goal is to supply sufficiently so that there is the possibility of outflow. Last week we talked about bread for eating. That is very clearly in scriptures, God's heart and commitment to supply and provide for the needs of his children. And then we began to introduce multiplication of resources for sowing. And again, this is where uh, the Bible is also very clear that it is God's heart not only to supply our needs, the provision for our household, but also that there would be more than enough to be able to give financial support and help to others. Let's read the passage. Um, again, um, just profound. And I've mentioned numerous times. I very hope we, we uh, have the sermons are posted online on our website through the end of June, right at the moment. And we started this around the middle of May. So there's about six of them that are currently posted. I've interacted with Benjamin. Next week we're finishing the series and I'm, I'm asking him to see if he can possibly get the rest of them up there. 
Uh, it is a uh, secure area. We don't make our sermons available to the world at this point. Um, just because occasionally Clara or I, particularly Clara, um, s- says things that we just wish we could pull back, and, and it's not all that easy to do on the Internet to pull things back, as you all well know. So anyway, there's a secure members-only sermons, hope, 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 hope. Just be hopeful, and it's not hopeful, it's hope. So have hope, go to the website, hope, hope is how you access those. You can download them, right, Ben? You can download or listen to them uh, like a podcast, whichever way. All right, that was a little good, the, the passage now. Let's read it together. It's long, uh, but let, we'll try and we'll make sure we'll pause kind of down there near the, the bottom as letting him change the slide. And God is able. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Let's start again. God is able to make all grace come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Pause. Anybody want that? Oh my gosh. Every time I read this, I think, oh my God, I would love to live like that. Well, that's what God wants. So the problem's not on his end. (laughs) All right, as it's written. As it's written, he, the benevolent person, you, scatters abroad, gives to the poor his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Change of slide. He's already done it. And God, who provides seed for the sower, bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus, you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Glory to God. Why do we exist on the planet? Why do we? Why are we where we created? We are created and live to give glory, praise, honor, to recognize who God really is and go, wow. And he's worthy of that. In talking about the multiplication of resources and sowing that we stepped towards last week, I introduced us to the idea of answering the question, how much is enough? Because one of the problems we have is 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 we have this open economy, this open system uh, in our lives that doesn't allow adequate uh, resourcing for ourselves and then the bounty left over. And so we've been developing and living and talking about living within what we're calling a closed circle, not the language that some of the other uh, great teachers, uh, Christian teachers to use, but it was helpful to me as I was introduced to it. And I, I did this uh, object lesson last week, and I just felt leading to do it again. Um, if you are all here, you're really going to get it. I said to Clara yesterday, you know, if they hear, hear nothing from me, most of them are going to remember this. Because object lessons do that. Okay. Behind door number one, inside glass number one, is what God wants to do. Our lives, this little cup, 
require is is our sustenance, what what we need to live on. And what God wants to do is just pour and pour and pour and keep pouring, and the overflow goes all over the place. <laughs> That's God's heart. The overflow. There should be overflow. It should flow over the other parts and then now over the this and down onto the floor and splash all over. That that's what God wants. His blessing. Oh, I still got enough in here to do this. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right, I need to do something else first. Okay, so this is one of the ways in which uh, that doesn't happen. And when we don't understand God's ways and principles related to finances, we do things according to the world standards, according to the way the world lives, the way we've been trained, right? And one of those is we don't have enough, so we don't tithe. And we, by that, we, we cut a hole in our, uh, in our bag, in our checking account, whatever. We cut a hole in the financial aspect of the provision for our lives. If we overspend, we cut a hole. We're, we're overspending. We're, we're cutting a hole where, you know, then there's debt and stuff. And, and then there's, you know, the, the money going to non-essentials. And, and I mentioned mine last week that I'm, I love, um, uh, right now, and I just use it every day. It's Spotify at $9 uh, a month because I want it on my iPhone too. It, it's a little, a little challenging. But here, here's what happens. Now, this will look like overflow, but it's not overflow, right? It's, it, it's coming out the holes. God's pouring in. God's still pouring in. God's still pouring in. But it's being lost. It's being wasted. Uh, it, it isn't going to others, right? And, it's, and your cup's not full. Your cup keeps, your provision keeps getting empty. There's not enough to get the job done. Anybody anywhere near that one? Okay, oh my gosh, I didn't bring the, the other cup. Okay, there's another thing that happens. And, um, and, and that is that, you know, we've, we, we've wrestled with this. We understand the tithe. Uh, we've, we, we, we give to people as we're able, uh, but we haven't closed the circle. And, and so what, what happens is, um, when we get greater provision and, and God's pouring in, and pouring in, we we just get a bigger cup. We just bump the budget up. Or budget? We don't have a budget. We just wow. We got extra money. Let's go on that trip. We've got extra money. Let's do this or that. Let's. I got extra money. I'm going to keep Spotify. All right. And there's no surplus. We've used it ourselves. So God's heart. Is this. The custodian just freaked out. All right. You're going to remember that though. That's God's heart. For you. For you. Let's uh, talk about. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little more about closing the circle, but I want to deviate just for a minute. I'm not I don't normally deviate in my life, um, but uh, we're gonna sidetrack here just for a minute. 
look at something else. We're going to talk about dealing with debt. One of the huge problems and challenges that we have in finances, of course, in our culture and our society is debt. The fiscal cliff, right, is, is the problem with debt. So I'm not going to do a lot on this, but I, I am aware that while we've heard biblical topics on, on you know, some level of finances, particularly giving, particularly tithe, we've heard all that, few of us really have heard much and or studied much on debt and lending, though I do know that there are a number of you that have. So a little bit of highlight, a little bit of detail. I was, I was trained by a CPA firm as an accountant back in 1985. I've done accounting ever since. Clara mentioned to my children, uh, four of my daughters, I trained them to do actual accounting and bookkeeping, and some of them have actually earned money doing that as side jobs and things. So I am a numbers guy. I'm a detail guy. So don't get overwhelmed. This isn't you. It's okay. But I do want you to hear these things, and particularly these concepts here on the front end about what God talks about with debt. Listen to these four different passages, all from the Old Testament at the moment. Um, Exodus 22:25. If you lend money to my people, to the poor among you, you are not to act as a creditor to him. You shall not charge him interest. These are God's ways about finance. Leviticus 25, 35 to 37. If any Israelites, your relatives, living near you become poor and cannot support themselves, you must provide for them as you would for a hired worker. And that's a whole topic and discussion all by itself, the the economy relative to hired workers, which we're not dealing with. Do not make them pay interest on the money you lend them and do not make a profit on the food you sell to them. Do not make a profit on the food. You're a farmer, agriculture, sheep, and you give. You can't even make a profit. Deuteronomy 15. This is with God's people. These passages, a couple, some of them are relative to that. This is another one of those. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel all debts. Hoo-hoo, anybody up for that one? This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother or sister because the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment from a foreigner. But you must cancel any debt your brother owes you. And there's something in here of God's heart and economy for the community that is supposed to still do that to everyone. But relative to this issue of debt, and then Deuteronomy 15, a little few more verses after that one. If there is a poor person among you and your kinsmen, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Remember we talked about clutching and giving requires open hands? Rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. (laughs) The seventh year, the year for canceling debts is near so that you do not show ill will toward the needy one and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. 
Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. If you have open hands, not only can you give, you also can receive from the Lord. But when our hands are clutched, we cannot receive well. There will always be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your kinsmen and toward the poor and needy in your land. Now, these verses remind us, as I touched on there throughout, of God's economy, God's financial heart. It's based on giving and receiving. God's economy for finances is based on love and care for others. The world system based on selling and buying is about earning a profit and getting ahead of others. So while debt is not condemned as wrong or sinful in the Old Testament, its principles are based on God's economy and not the world's. So I'm again, I'm, there's a lot that could be said about this. We really need things like what Cindy and Kevin are doing with this workshop that's coming up to help us personally apply this. But I'm going to give you just a little bit of information now. Again, I mentioned I was trained by a CPA firm. I'm going to give you a little bit of information about the cost of debt and then a couple comments about dealing with debt. And we'll be through this section. In the back of all of our minds, we, we know that debt interest is costly. I mean, we know that. We're not uh, naive people here. But because of the spirit of mammon and the deception that most of us live under, we really don't grasp, nor do we very often consider that cost. So I'm going to give you three examples and just give you some numbers. And if you want you know, copies of this, um, you can do it. I, again, I worked these out in my own spreadsheet. Uh, so they're close. I might have made a mistake. I might not have done something right. So if you're better than I am and you see something, you can welcome to let me know so I can correct it in my notes, but don't just stand up now and say, well, Randy, that one's wrong, Randy, I'm sorry. I, I, I did my best uh, to use accurate numbers. Um, all right, let's talk about a house loan. We, Most of us who own a home, we have a house loan. Few of us in this room uh, would have a house that is free and clear. But that is what God would want for us. But for most of us, that's unfathomable. Um, so... Let's just say back, you know, a little house, uh, something, you know, not, you know, something really probably you wouldn't want to live in. Let's talk about a $100,000 house. Let's talk about 6% interest. I know it's lower than that right now, but I had calculations that helped me do this one a little bit easier, and, and uh, it, was, it was getting timely. 6% interest, your payment would be about five ninety nine fifty five, particularly if there's uh, insurance and property tax thrown into it, particularly so. But let's just use that number again. 6% interest, $100,000. Your payment is $600, let's say. $600 times 12 times 30 years, you're going to pay $215,838 for your $100,000 house. You're going to pay in interest the value of your home. Then you want to go and sell it. <laughs> you paid 250000 for it, and you're only going to get 100 Maybe the economy's gone up and you get 150 I don't know. Anyway, interest is expensive. That's what that's saying. College loan. Uh, some of you, you know, are still, it's a challenge. These college loans these days, college, education. Let's just say $30,000. Maybe yours is ten. Maybe yours is a hundred. Thirty thousand dollars, five percent. Again, that actually is a rough current number. 
Uh, hopefully the Obama thing may cut that down. They're working on something right now about that. Um, anyway, 30,000, 5% interest, let's say 15 years. Awesome. 15 years, the monthly payment's about 237.24. 237.24, 12 months, 15 years is $42,703. So while not double, nor even quite 50% again, you're still paying 33% above the cost of your education for the interest. Interest is $12,703 roughly there. Credit card loan. Credit card's different and a little weird because uh, credit, these others have what's called fixed interest or fixed payment, and so you always pay $600 or you always pay $237.24, but credit card, as you pay uh, it off, they always have a little tiny bit, not much, but a little tiny bit going towards principal and uh, with a credit card. So the next month, if, 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 you're, if you've got balances and if you didn't pay it all off, then uh, your, your principal will go down every single month. And, and there's a calculation then. And so here's, here's just kind of a rough way to go at it. Let's just speculate that, um, you know, uh, you, 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 just, you know, you just really needed a break. You went on a cruise, medical bills, furniture, fun stuff, $3,000 on a credit card. Might be low for some of you, might be high for others. Most, if you've used a credit card, you're living probably from paycheck to paycheck. You're not paying it off every month. So when the credit card comes, more than likely, in most cases, you only make the minimum payment. 3% is, 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 a, is a rough requirement uh, for a minimum payment, 3% of, of the actual value balance at that, in that month. And then uh, a me- median range credit card interest might be 13%. Uh, some people are at 18, 20, 25, and of course, you, you, if you keep rolling them, you can maybe find a few zeros or ones or something. But people who rack it up can't tend to roll very easily. So let's just say 13%. So principal, $3,000. Your payments can, at 3% of the remaining balance would be about $90 a month, and then that will decrease slowly. Uh, principal payment, uh, your principal portion of that is 40 bucks. Hot dog, I paid 90. 3000 paid down 40 so so next month my 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 loan balance is at $2960 hot dog paid 40 bucks off uh interest is about 50 per 50 dollars a month on on 3000 at those numbers and so there's your your balance um and and then as i said you know that 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 slowly goes down in the end the person will pay $6,491 in 17 years and nine months to pay for their $3,000 cruise. And the interest they paid over 17 years and nine months is $3,491, which is more than the original cost of the item. It Interest, everybody say that with me. Interest is expensive. It is. Why do they, why do they like making, why do they loan money? Because it's very profitable in our country and in every country. Can you imagine though, cruise advertising pops onto your TV screen. On sale this week, $3,000 cruise, you and your spouse, you only pay $6,491. Not, but that would be the price if you made only the minimum payments. 
Bankrate.com, a fairly decent website I was using for some help, said the average family in America has credit card balance in excess of $8,400 and pays roughly $1,200 per year on credit card interest. I had a lot of money on interest every year. What could you do with an extra $1,200 a year? 100 bucks a month. Might be able to tithe or get do something. Dealing with debt. We're talking about closing the circle. This aspect of dealing with your debt is going to need to be a part of it. I want to give you a very powerful tool. I didn't make it up. I'm not smart enough to have figured it out, although I heard about it a long time ago. Claire and I have used this tool on numerous occasions. Let's go to that uh, credit card balance again. Uh, we, we mentioned 3000 of credit card debt, 13% interest, 17 years, 9 months, $3,491 in interest, a total of 6491 If you pay an extra $10, if you can scrape together $10, should be all of this up here at this point. Sure. Um, just ten bucks. Ten bucks. Don't don't buy Starbucks once or twice. Right? Ten bucks. You pay an extra ten dollars per month over every month. You're not just paying the three percent minimum. You're paying ten dollars more. You're going to pay this off not in seventeen years and nine months, but in ten years. You're going to only pay two thousand two hundred and fifty-one dollars in interest. Total's going to be only 5,251, and you're going to save $1,140. You just got the 120 bucks back that you paid every month. The $10 comes back in minimizing that debt. House. $100,000, 6% interest, monthly payment of roughly 600. Um, 30 years, 215000 If you make one additional payment a year, you put a, a 13th payment in per year or 50 bucks a month, about the same thing in this scenario, you'd pay off the loan in 25 years instead of 30, and the total cost would be 192000 20 bucks instead of 215 And in this case, ding, 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 you save $23,818. Now, we say, oh, I'm, go- I'm not going to keep my house for 30 years. I keep my house three, and then I... Yeah, closing costs, penalties, I didn't throw any of that in. How much money is it costing us to buy a new home every three or four years or five years or seven or eight? This is not what God wants for us. We are in debt to the lender. We are a slave to the debt. The trick with interest is not to have any at all or close your circle and make a don't and make more than the minimum payment. Make more than the minimum payment. With interest, a little bit towards the principal goes a long way. Um, yeah, I don't, we'll just go on. You know, every one of us are in a, a different place financially. But if you're the average American, and most of us are the average American, not all of us, but many of us. We work hard. We may work more than one job. We're having a hard time paying our bills. We're carrying a lot of consumer debt. If you're under 40, you may have school loans. If you're over 40, you may still have school loans. 
You probably are not tithing 10% of your income and you're surely not free to give to those with financial needs because you yourself are financially needy. That's pretty much the situation that God's people found themselves in back during the time of Haggai the prophet who we've gone to on a couple of occasions for looking at God's heart and economy. Haggai chapter 1 verse 6. Now therefore says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Think about what you're doing. Imagine and and spend some time what's going on with your life and your finances. You have planted much. You have worked hard, but harvested little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. There's not enough. You drink, but you're still thirsty. There's not enough. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. And your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. That's really the picture. That's the picture of the cup with the holes in it here. It's just draining out. There isn't enough. And what God wants is for there to be more than enough. Listen again, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation that you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity will bring forth thanksgiving to God. So how do we live to not have these holes that waste God's blessing? How do we live so that we don't just keep increasing the size of our cup? How do we live so that God's blessings can overflow from our lives and into the lives of others? Psalms 25, 12 through 13. Who are they who fear, love the Lord your God? God will teach them how to choose the best. They shall live within God's circle of blessing and their children will inherit the land. God will teach you what you need to know to live within the circle of his blessing if we will pause, consider our ways, get some training, some coaching, and some tools. How do we answer the question of how much is enough How do we go about closing the circle of our finances so there will be overflow? Go to Kevin and Cindy's workshop. Seriously. You need help. If you're in this place, you've tried. It's a little bit like the story I told last week. Uh, The book we're using, uh, the author was talking about a friend of theirs who went through a training program Um, had a little book that they used as a part of the the tool, uh, and they went from 320 pounds to 190 pounds using a yellow cup and a yellow plate. If you weren't here for the story, the the sermon will be online soon. Okay, a yellow cup and a yellow plate that included training, personal discipline, and coaching. So what do we need to see and to come into play a life like is being described. We need a means. We need tools. We need procedures, things that we can do tangibly. We need commitment, personal commitment and intentionality. And it's going to be a firefight, Kevin. 
for most people. The spirit of mammon is not going to let you go easily. Many of us are currently slaves to the spirit of mammon in many ways, if not minimally, simply, the credit card debt. We're also going to need, I use the word accountability. Um, Cindy said they're not going to look at any of the real numbers for yours, but many of you may need someone at that level. They're going to work with you primarily on means and tools. You're going to have to come up with some commitment. And if you need the accountability, there are lots, not lots, there are numerous people in this church who have their circles in order and who can help you. Let me give you an overview of some of the procedures. Uh, Bullet points. I've got a couple of slides with things that if you're not a detailed person, please don't despair. Don't worry about it. There'll be ways to deal with this. Um, You're going to need something like a little black book. I mentioned that from the story last time. We're on point number one, Terry. Uh, You're going to need something like a little black book in which you track all your expenses. You, you, You need to come up with what am I spending? What's the outflow? Every single piece of it, every single penny needs to be tracked. You need to come up with that. That's, that's the first step, really, uh, of what you need to be able to do. But you need a way to do that. And, you know, I, I, I'm an Excel guy. I like Excel. Excel works well for me. We use that. I also personally use a, an accounting software, QuickBooks. Uh, a lot of people use Quick and other things like that. These days, Palm, uh, Palm Pilots. Wow, I just dated myself. iPhones. Uh, I, I went out, there's an app called Pocket Expense Personal Finance. Looked pretty good. It's free, free app. Uh, of course, you can pay more to let it do more, but it, it's just the ability, you spend something, you put it in there. It's with you, right? Phone's with you most of the time. You're at the restaurant, you're at the market, you got the receipt. You're going to have to find some means to capture what you're spending. All of it. The soda, the Starbucks, Yeah. You're also going to need to establish some categories at some point to capture this expense information. Okay, here's all my receipts, Kevin. (laughs) Here's the last three months. Here's everything I spent. Figure it out, Mr. Accountant. I'll pay you 120 bucks to organize. No, sorry, it's not going to, you're going to have to get, you have to get in the, in the, what's that called? You have to get, give some skin. I'm still not saying it right, but anyway. You've got some skin in the game. you got to have some skin in the game. Something you're going to have to do. Okay, there's a lot of different things. I'm just going to flash up here are the categories that Claire and I primarily use and have used for decades. Those are ours. You can get this stuff from Kevin. You don't need to write it down. Um, you can have my notes or I can send you notes. Kevin and Cindy are going to give you stuff like this. Okay, but those are some categories. Then the, there's another step recommended by the author of the book we're using, next slide, um, where he talks about categorizing these expenses. And a little hard for you. I wonder what light is shining on there. It doesn't matter. Okay, three, three different categories. Obligation. Um, obligation is you can't do anything about it. So you have to go through your categories and what are obligations. We would suggest that the contributions, tithes, uh, is an obligation, the tithe particularly, uh, your housing is, is an obligation, often medical and dental. Your income taxes, of course, are obligations. And savings giving, savings to give, not savings to clutch, savings to give. If you have a closed circle and it's working, that should be an obligation. 
That's the goal. Because how do we close the circle? How do we have surplus? Right? Okay. Necessities. I can't work. I can't do without some of these things. I, I put automobile as a necessity. Honestly, it would be tough to do it without, but it may not be. Or maybe not two cars. Transportation, Clara said, is a necessity. Clothing and hair, you know, you've got to cut your hair. I mean, Joy cuts mine, so that I don't have that expense. So that's pretty cool. Claire and I used to cut each other's hair. I did it for about a year, and then she said, stop it. <laughs> I'm going to somebody else. All right, and then wants. You know, we, we all have wants. Um, business expense is probably a necessity, uh, probably. But anyway, you, you're going to need to work with this idea of categories. Okay, next slide is going to freak some of you out. Please just relax. It's, it, Excel is a tool, and, and there's simpler, less abusive ways to do it than this. But this one's very visual. This one's really visual. It, it, it really patterns a checkbook. If, if Those of you who still use a checkbook, I'm not going to ask. But uh, you've got a date, you've got the store, you've got a description of it was, and an amount column. It's your checkbook right there. But carrying that out and putting it into one of your categories, one of your little buckets, one of your little envelopes, is, is, is a part of the, where did it go? Here's where, here, I spent it at Walmart, right? What was it? Well, a Walmart receipt might be groceries and housing. I might have needed to, to buy a light bulb or something. And so you can split. You've got your total here, but the exact 100% needs to get split in the categories. Simple thing. Again, there's programs that do it a much a simpler, but you get to, if you do this yourself, you get some skin in on this thing, you'll, oh, my gosh, you know. And, and um, yeah. So, pictures. Kevin, Cindy, they'll help you. All right, this is hard. This is like that yellow plate and cup. But the outcome of going from 320 pounds to 190, of going from a debt ratio of, you know, 15% to zero would be awesome. It's going to take some initiative, some involvement, some tools, some accountability. Let me remind you again, the outcome is not balancing a budget. The outcome is not to make your outflow match your inflow. The outcome is surplus. Your needs are met and there's enough left over for blessing. And when that happens, God says, I'm going to increase your inflow. And if we just make our cup bigger, that's going to go settle right back down. We've got to close the circle. Now, what's really cool here? I'm gonna um, uh, I'm gonna skip that passage scripture. Oh, it's there, so we'll just skip that. It's there. Uh, third step: prepare to close the circle. You've got all this data now. Hopefully, you're capturing it um, and you've got it spread out. You know what you've done over the last three months. You freaked out. But you're back in order. You know. And uh, it, are the numbers too high? Are they okay? What does God think? Where do we need to make adjustments? And, and this is where I think this, this process is a little different. It, it, it may be the others 
wonderful people. I've not been through those trainings. I'm sure in their hearts they would do this. But this idea of God, here's here it is. Here's all. Here's my budget. Here's my my circle. What do you think? You and you may have. Um, okay, I'm, I'm just jumping ahead, and I, we won't do that. In, in in this thing, you're answering the question: How much is enough? And we need God to be involved. And, and the goal is this multiplication of resources for sowing. I'm moving pretty quick, Terry. Fourth step. Fourth step is where I was, was just at a minute ago. This is where we need to get real. We need to get real with ourselves. If you're married, you need to get uh, real as a couple. Sometimes you need to get real as a family. There were a few times where we, we wished we wouldn't have had to do this, but we had to bring our daughters in on the conversation and say, we, we're not making it. There are some outflows that we need to minimize. And we love you, but we need your help. We're a family. We're a household. The provision that's coming in is for the household. The girls started covering personal costs as teens you know, makeup and, and things and even clothing and stuff. All of them did that. All of them paid for their own car insurance um, and things like that. They, their cell phones, Priscilla and Mercy had to pay for their cell phone service. Now, hey, it's only that 10 bucks, you know, or it's 25 if you had the Internet. So they weren't buying the $100 plan. They got the, the add-on. I didn't, I didn't charge them more than what I was paying, right? But they, they did. We're a household, and we needed help. Okay, so the fourth step is to get real. You make your list of the financial and material wants. This is a weird step. Kevin and Cindy, you may not use this one, but they're, they're, this guy recommends it, and it was good for Claire and I. We kind of wrestled through, well, what are the, you know, just kind of sort of the budget, the money aside, what are some of the things we would want? Within reason. I mean, we're not talking about I'd like to live in a million-dollar house or I'd like to go on a $100,000 vacation every year. Now, we're not talking about that kind of want. We're talking about, you know what? We'd like a, an older ski boat for our girls who are teenagers. That was on that was on my wish list once on a time. But it was a time when our circle wasn't closed. And anyway, <sighs> some of you enjoyed my ski boat. So glad you did. It's gone now, by the way. All right. Um, so make a list of your financial material wants. Claire and I, hospitality uh, is in, uh, when we work on our, our circle, hospitality. Having people over is a part of what needs to be in our circle. It's one of our wants. But it's not an obligation. It's not a necessity. It's a want. If you're carrying debt, you have to put down at least those minimum payments in this thing. You, you've got to do that. You, you've got to be real. Um most, if not all, of the financial advisor people recommend uh, if you're going to really work within this kind of a system of a closed circle, budget, whatever language is being used, you need some funds set aside for emergencies. Not going to use that credit card for that. You're going to need some funds for those things that are going to happen. So we would suggest that that is a necessity. Again, not an obligation, but a necessity. Some amount of money, not a whole thousand dollars the first month. Maybe it's three bucks a month, but maybe it's 15. Whatever, you're going to have to work through these numbers. 
Besides listing your wants, you need to put a figure next to those wants. So the used ski boat, you know, what kind of a price we need, you know, the vacation we want to take at Christmas, you know, we put it, we put a number down there. And, and then there's this, there's this thing about, okay, God, here it all is. Here's our list of wants. Here's the expenses. Here's the, the budget. What do you think? What do you think of this number in this category? Papa, what do you think of this one? Are there any of those wants you, you want us to prioritize? Is there something there that you want to bless us with? You, you invite God in. Don't be so embarrassed. He knows it all. Welcome him in. And, and then comes this tough situation. Compare your income to the total in your circle. There's three scenarios, two that are unlikely and one that's probable. Your income is greater than your expenditures. Not very likely. <laughs> Not very likely in most cases. Your income is equal to expenditures. Not likely. But it's possible. And, and of course, the reverse of where this goes is what God wants. And, and in the case for most of us, income is less than expenditures. We're, we're, we're overcommitted. Even if you remove the wants, even if you're just looking at obligations and necessities, we're, we're over. And then the hard work of minimizing the expenses to match your inflow. We can't keep spending more than's coming in. That math doesn't work. And you may not have enough to put $10 extra for that credit card payment. You may only be able to pay the 3%. You may not be able to put any wants in there. You may have to curtail even some of things you thought were necessities. The, the iPhone instead of, or the internet service attached to the iPhone. I don't know. You're going to have to wrestle with this. But God is for you. God wants cup number one. And, and if, you're, if your life is cup number two, and there's not enough inflow, you start putting things in order, you start being responsible, you start taking initiative to take some action to steward, and I promise you, more income's gonna come. You're gonna get a raise, you're gonna get an inheritance, you're gonna get a rebate. God has all kinds of ways to get you more money. But why would he do that if we're living like this, what does, good does it do to keep giving us more money if there's holes in our cups? He even can plug holes when we take some initiative, some skin in the game. Don't despair. This is an opportunity to be excited. You go, yeah, right, Randy. You don't know my, I do know yours. I've seen some of yours. I've seen other friends. I've seen ours. We've been in cup number two a lot. We've also been in cup number three. And a few times here and there, we've been working out of cup number one. We need to get back to that. That's the way I want to finish my life. The goal is to get a closed circle Find out, set the limit, what is enough, 
begin to be financially responsible, demonstrate faithfulness, and God will begin to release greater grace and abundance beyond what you need. And when extra money comes in, when you have a closed circle, you're going to know how to spend it. I'm not going to take that extra little vacation. I've got a credit card debt that only has 200 bucks more on it, and I just got a rebate of $200. I'm going to pay off that credit card debt, and now I have $60 a month surplus every single month because that credit card payment is gone. Now you've got 60 extra bucks. You got 200, but now you've got 60 extra. I'm an accountant. Sorry. But without a closed circle, God's blessings of extra, of more than enough, becomes wasted. It's spilled. It's lost rather than being seed to sow for later harvest. It's God's intention, his interest to provide us with more than enough for our household and an overflow with which we can help others. God's economy and desire for every single one of you and for Claire and I is a multiplication of resources. My hope and my prayer for us is that we can make some steps. We're not going to jump to cup number one automatically. We just need a little step. What's the next step, God? So we're going to pause here at the end. I'm not going to pray initially. I've done this before. I want us to reflect. I want us to consider. And I'd like you to ask God, what's, what's a first step I can take? I don't know what that's going to be. Might be change from Starbucks to, uh, what, did, what does Bob drink? Dunkin' Donuts. He does not drink McDonald's. Dunkin' Donuts. He's growing his own weed now? I mean, coffee? <laughs> See, that's why we don't put this on the Internet. Bob's our youth pastor. He's on staff managing administration, and he's growing stuff in his yard. Oh, he's roasting his own. I don't know. Bob hasn't told me that. I don't know what it is going to be for you. I'm glad we could laugh. That was a great little light moment. We need a little... Comic relief every once in a while. I'm not enough. But I want us to pause. I'm going to sit down on the stage and I would like you to ask the question to God. God, what's what's a first step I can do? What's what's a step that that I can take, that we, our husband and wife can as a husband and wife can take, a family can take? What's the one thing? What's the first step? That's all the that's all we faith is simply taking action on what God has said. And God has said he wants blessing. God said, I want to do this. What's the action? What's the faith you're going to take to say, yes, God, I want to do? You've got to take action. Let's consider that. Papa, thank you for your love. Thank you for the freedom that we each sit here
having had cars to drive here, having had breakfasts. Few of us had to sleep under a bridge last night. We have worries. We have concerns. But God, you have been so good. You have been so good. Help us. Help us to take the step of faith, that first step. And I just believe with all my heart, like the story of the prodigal son, that you are looking for us to come home, to leave behind the pig pens, the personal inadequacy, the inability to fix our lives, and to come home to Papa. Even the hired hands have enough to eat. And Father, we are sons and daughters. We're not hired people. We are your sons and daughters. We love you. And we really, really look forward to the fullness of all you have for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. This uh, concludes this part of our time. And um, I'm going to be out by the front door. Uh, if any of you want to chit-chat uh, about this, uh, my notes are available to the highest bidder. I mean the first person who comes to me. Um, they're also available. I can make them whatever. I don't know what you need. Uh, go to their workshop next Sunday here. Don't go to Grady's. The money you're going to save there, they're going to tell you what to do with that 25 bucks that you would have spent over there. Or make a suggestion. You're only coaching. Okay, um, and uh, if you've got kids, please get them. Um, as a part of our church, we always make a provision for an opportunity for personal prayer. Uh, we used to kind of offer that here. We've kind of moved that over to the side right now. If any of you would like someone to talk with, someone to pray with, you may have come in with, you know, this finance thing is way out left field for you right now. You're dealing with some personal things, some relational issues, and this is the farthest thing really right now of what you can deal with. That's okay. It's all right. We're all at different places in this process. But we have folks that would love to pray with you. God is a God of healing and mending and restoration, and he wants to do that for you. Martha prayed that God's kingdom would come, that God would be manifest, that his healing and his life would be released in us today. Come get some. It's free. Those of you who have no money, come and buy. Those of you who cannot, don't have anything to drink, come and drink. Isaiah passage, that's the heart of God. You don't have to have this all figured out. You don't have to have it all in place yet. Come home to Papa. People will be there to do that. And if we could have some music, just uh, have a great week. We love you and we'll see you again next week. I'm finishing next week. You may want to be back. If not, we'll try and have it up on the web. 